0: ESPN Radio.
1: It's Amber Wilson and Chris Canny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series XM Channel 80 and E Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on Twitter at AmberW790, at ChrisCanny99. And as always, tap in on the Canny call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And Amber, we got the huge news today in the National Football League regarding the top two quarterbacks, the top two trade targets for a lot of NFL teams, that being Russell Wilson, who the Seattle Seahawks agreed to trade to the Denver Broncos for a bevy of picks and players. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers, the four-time MVP, deciding that he was going to return to the Green Bay Packers, poised to sign a four-year contract extension valued at $200 million. For more on that, we're going to go out to the hotline and bring on four-time Pro Bowler and Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer, Amon Green. And, Amon, it's great to have you on the show. We appreciate a few minutes of your time and I want to know, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news that Aaron Rodgers would be coming back to Green Bay for the foreseeable future?
0: Uh, thanks, Chris, for having me. I appreciate y'all. And my first reaction to the news is um, a lot of people are now off a of suicide watch here in Wisconsin. And so <laughs> I know Packer fans and Packer faithful, they were dreading this, this week in these last two and a half you know, two and a half weeks coming up with free agency right around the corner. So now they could uh, breathe a breath of fresh air. Uh, for the remaining of the year, I'll say, <laughs> and a lot of them for their lifetime, to know that he's coming back. But as I was listening to the intro, but other commentators and casters like ourselves are commenting on what now is going to happen with the rest of the roster. Obviously, they tagged Devontae Adams, but then obviously there's spots and places and people in positions that you need to have a team to be competitive in the NFL, competitive in the NFC North. So now the question is, can they get under their cap? and to still salvage the nucleus of the roster that has got them to three straight playoff bursts and two, uh, two straight NFC Championship games.
2: Aman, you brought it up, so let's talk about Devontae Adams for a second. They tagged him like you mentioned, but Canty and I keep thinking that they're going to have to work out a deal with him because we can't imagine that this wasn't part of the conversations with Rodgers, and I'm surprised, actually, that Rodgers took as much time as he did to make a decision because I thought we were going to get the news that Aaron Rodgers has a long-term deal, and that Devontae Adams has a long-term deal. Are you surprised that they tagged him?
0: Uh, No, I'm not surprised because that is something now that gives them time to then negotiate with Devontae throughout the offseason and throughout the regular season. And then now there is no, I say, there's no drama that's going to go on not knowing if they're going to have that receiver, that number one receiver that Aaron likes to throw the ball to. So right now they bought themselves some time by tagging him and I believe Devontae is okay with that because right now he's obviously getting paid what uh, I say around the league, um, wide receivers get paid. So with that right there, gives them a little space and time to negotiate with him throughout the season.
1: Talking with former Pro Bowl running back Amon Green on ESPN Radio. And Amon, I got to put it to you like this. Straight no Chaser. Does resigning with Green Bay put more pressure on Aaron Rodgers to win a championship?
0: be honest, no. I don't think it does because he's already... A, been in a place from watching him from last year at the beginning of this time last year with all the drama going on. Is he coming back? You know, what is he? He doesn't like this with the organization to them. Then regu- re- renegotiating his contract right before training camp, getting him in and then having the season. I think he's a place he's at a place of if you remember all the bad, the, the old bad boys movie with Martin Lawrence, where he would saw So he saw enough <laughs> to be calm and collective to finish out his career here and there's no more drama coming from Aaron I think he understands that they've heard him he wanted to speak at times he wanted to be heard and listened to and I believe they've done that and I think they're going to continue that conversation because they don't want you know that scenario that went on last last season to happen again they want to keep everything you know fresh and new and have a good mindset and positive mindset going into the 2022 season
2: i on. I don't think any of us want that situation to present itself again, because I think, frankly, we're all tired about talking about the future of Aaron Rodgers. And in part because it took him a really long time, seemingly to make this decision. And we've been on Rodgers watch. So now we know he's saying, does the fan base feel like he's been toying with them by taking so long here in this offseason to make the decision?
0: Um, there's, there's a percent. It's about half. It's about split down the middle. Um, I just came from the barbershop here in green Bay. There's people that are like, they're, like I said, they're all super sui- suicide watch now. And then our people was like, man, why did he take so long? You know what, what he thought he could just be up on out in Cali and you know take his time, you know? So it's fans that are very opinionated here in the Wisconsin area, green Bay area. So I say it's going to be a 50, 50 split on the ones that like, man, you took too long, but thank you. You're back. And now they could just worry about what's going on in the draft with the Packers.
1: Amon, I had a question teed up about asking him Jordan loves future, but the barbershop thing caught me off guard. Can I trust the barbershop in Green Bay to give me a fresh edge up?
0: Uh, For sure. Oh, okay. I was just curious. Yeah, right. I got a guy, brother from – I say brother from another mother. His last name is Green as well. His first name is Al. Shout out to him. He just um, lined me up. So, yeah, you, if you ain't oh, Green yeah, Bay, Oh, yeah, you can, tra- Chris, you can absolutely know. trust a man named Al
1: Green time. to give you an edge up. No doubt about it. So I got to ask you this question <laughs> because everybody wants to know now, What does this move mean for Jordan Love? Because there have been reports out there that Aaron Rodgers is going to sign a four-year contract extension, making him the highest-paid quarterback on average annual value in the National Football League. So that pretty much eats up Jordan Love's rookie contract. What do the Green Bay Packers do with Jordan Love moving forward?
0: Yeah, that's going to be the enigma here for, I say, Goody and uh, Matt LaFleur because he was coming along, developing well, and just in case was it was a break in case of emergency type, if Aaron doesn't come back, then it was a perfect scenario for then Jordan love to come into his fourth year, taking the reins, but now that won't happen. And he can still be in a development phase and kind of, you know, sitting in the oven waiting. Um, so from a Jordan's camp perspective is either two, it's two options here. You sit and continue to sit and maybe it, it works out somewhere where you could get in there and get some time, but, Move Or another option is get ready to move on to another team if you want to be a starter in NFL within your first five to six years of playing ball.
1: Amon, what does Aaron Rodgers want to see the Packers do with Jordan Love? Because I I guess I'm curious, with them making such a huge commitment to Aaron Rodgers for the foreseeable future, is he going to have any input on this decision? Because seemingly he's had input on all the organization's decisions over the course of the last six to eight months.
0: Yeah. I would say potentially. Um, I, okay. I say I'm not really in his head, so I'll say this from my point of view as a player. You know, being a running back, having other running backs behind me, I want to see those other running backs or other players that are behind me get developed, be ready to be um, game day ready. So I would think Aaron, knowing that he's a, a team player that he is and very close to his teammates, that he wants Jordan Love to be in that same position. So when he exits, stays left officially. Jordan Love is ready to take the reins, if it's with the Packers or with any other team around the NFL, that he has what it takes to play ball, to read coverages, and be a, uh, I say a, be a number one quarterback for an NFL team.
2: I'm on Green, on with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty here on ESPN Radio. Of course, four-time Pro Bowl, running back in Green Bay Packers, Hall of Famer. So I know you're still there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So I, I, this might be a bit of a Homer question for you then. But are the Packers now the favorite in the NFC?
0: No, no, I'm, I'm I'm not a homer. I I have been here for a long time, so I kind of could be opinionated, go either way. But I'd be a, I'm a realist, and so the game still got to be played, regardless of having Aaron back, having Devontae back. They still got to have questions They got question marks on defense. Who who they, who they'll be able to sign back? Um, obviously, special teams was a problem last year. Will they be able to fix that problem with the coach, a new coach in, and in getting players on that mind track of making sure they understand. The importance of being on special teams and executing, making plays the way they need to. So there's other things out there, variables that then add into this team being a competitor in the NFC. They will be a competitor in the NFC, but right now, NFC Championship game, that's a far away away right now. That's in February, or that's in a January of 2023. So right now, that's a long conversation. We just got to wait until that time comes to see where they're at.
1: Amon, we appreciate a few minutes of your time. Thanks for keeping it a buck with us, and we look forward to talking with you again soon, my friend.
0: Man, I appreciate you, Chris, man. I I can't wait to be back on and talk to you all soon.
1: All right, that's four-time Pro Bowl running back and Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer Amon Green. You can find him on Twitter at AmonGreen30. Coming up next, is the AFC West the best division in football? Spoiler alert, Amber Wilson and I are split on this one. We'll have our answers on the other side of the break. You're listening to ESPN Radio.
3: ESPN Radio.
1: She is Amber Wilson. I am Chris Canny, and this is ESPN Radio, also on E+. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Tap in on the Canny call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We're trying to figure out what the best division in football is. And with the Russell Wilson trade to the Denver Broncos, Amber Wilson has the AFC West at the front of the class. And Amber, I hear where you're at with it. I can appreciate what you're saying. And I will grant you the fact that the AFC West does have the best collection of quarterbacks in the National Football League. But I still think the best division in all of football is the NFC West. That's just where I'm at with it. You look at those teams. You had three make the playoffs, two of them won playoff games, and, of course, the San Francisco 49ers and the L.A. Rams faced off in the NFC Championship game. I get it, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be moved this offseason, but I look at that as a positive for the 49ers and not a negative. You're talking about a team that has a top-10 offense and a top-5 defense, and I can only imagine the different innovations, the creativity that we're going to see from Kyle Shanahan with that one game. Now that he has a quarterback, that can be a focal point of that attack. You put that with Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel and a whole host of others on that offensive side of the ball, I think that can create a lot of problems for opposing defenses. And then we know what the 49ers defense under D'Amico Ryans is bringing to the table. We saw that front and center in that playoff game against the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. So to me, I still give credit to the NFC West for being the best division in all of football
2: man, you're a lot more confident in Trey Lance than I am. And and that's not even a knock on Trey Lance. I just don't know what to expect out of Trey Lance taking over that 49ers team, assuming that they are moving on from Jimmy G, which it seems like that's maybe proving it to can't be more worse difficult. Than Jimmy
1: Garoppolo. Than they... It can't be worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why, I mean, Jimmy well, Garoppolo no, to be. me it is such a low bar. He's such a low bar to clear for me, especially really? with Trey Lance's ability to run with the football. Like, to me, that's an element... That's a dynamic that this 49ers team hasn't had under Kyle Shanahan. So being able to introduce that, knowing how run-centric that offense is in the first place, I, I would say that I- I- I'm i not concerned about Trey Lance. I- I'm really not. I know that he hasn't played a ton of football at a high level, even going back to his, his season at North Dakota State. He hasn't Correct. played a whole lot of high-level football. But I look at the supporting cast on that team, And I recognize that that team is a really good squad, good enough to be in the playoffs, again, given the field that they're competing against in that conference.
2: Man, I think you're doing Jimmy G dirty there. I'm not saying Jimmy G is the most accurate or best quarterback in the world by any means, by any stretch. But you're saying a dude from North Dakota State who we've seen, like you just said, hardly play any football at any sort of significant level is definitely not going to be a step down from the success that Jimmy G has had there Amber, Amber, in San Francisco,
1: I don't want to make this a referendum on Trey Lance, but I will ask you this: We do respect Kyle Shanahan's football acumen, right?
2: I do. I, okay. I do think, okay. I think, so Kyle, Kyle Shanahan McDaniel... was the
1: one that traded three first-round draft picks in order to move up to the third spot to take Trey Lance last year when he had Jimmy Garoppolo under contract for multiple seasons. So and that's all fun. I'm saying is. That guy told us that he felt like he could upgrade at quarterback with Trey Lance over Jimmy G. He did that for a
2: skill set, though. Even even Shanahan doesn't know if that's going to pan out in the NFL. Nobody knows that. 25% of quarterbacks work out when they're – Picked in the first round, right? I mean, even at that, uh, even when you're using a, your top picks on a quarterback, the odds are very much against you. And that includes guys who are very good at it, his football acumen, we very much trust. The odds are stacked against you for any of your picks at that position to work out. So the odds are stacked against the 49ers. That's just fact. Even no matter how much you trust Shanahan, I do think him losing his right-hand man and Mike McDaniel going to the Dolphins, that might matter some. Like, there are some pieces that are changing here with the 49ers. I'm not saying you're wrong if the 49ers are what they could be with potential. I'm just not nearly as convinced as you are that they're going to be that team. I'm also not convinced about the Cardinals, so I don't quite know what you're doing there, especially with that situation right now with Kyler Murray. Like, How do you feel confident in the Arizona Cardinals and what they're bringing to the table next season? Is Kyler Murray playing football? Is is he playing imaginary baseball that's not even happening right now because that's what he's threatening to do?
1: Well, Kyler Murray ain't got no choice. He ain't going to play baseball. Hell, we don't even know if we're going to have a baseball season. So, I, I mean, just the money that's on the table for Kyler Murray is $5.5 million in salary this upcoming season, which is more than what he would make in the minors in baseball if he were to go play this year, so I I, I absolutely expect Kyler Murray is going to be the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. He might do it kicking and screaming, but he's going to be under center for that team. And he's shown when he is under center, that team has made incremental improvement. They went not from five the ten. They made they went for well. They just got to the playoffs. That was his first time in the playoffs. How many quarterbacks play well their first time in the playoffs? Not named Joe Burrow. I mean, it takes a while to be I able to figure out how game. to win in the playoffs. So, I mean, Kyler Murray got that team from 5-10-1 to 8-8 eight eight, to 11-6. and six. So, that that is a playoff caliber team. So, they're ready to go. And then we know the reigning defending NFL champions, the L.A. Rams, are in that division as well. So, I'll take that division with three live dogs in the playoffs versus the team that we saw with two teams in the playoffs, one of which was one and done in the wild card round. So, I, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. I know the Denver Broncos will be much better with Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook. I mean, nobody's, nobody's better, better right now with, nobody's Russell better with Russell Westbrook. With Russell but Wilson. with Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos will be better. But I still think that the NFC West is the best division in football.
2: And the Chargers should. I mean, the Chargers could be a playoff team, especially Wake if they take even another step. The Raiders, I mean, they exceeded expectations last season during a very, 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 very tumultuous season, so hopefully there's more continuity for that Raiders team this upcoming season, and then obviously the Chiefs, no one's ever sleeping on the Kansas City Chiefs. Like you said, the AFC West has the best quarterbacks in terms of divisions in the NFL. That's the most important position in the NFL. That's the best division in the NFL.
1: All right, so Amber and I are split on that one. Let's see if we can bring in somebody to break the tie. Coming up next... Where does Russell Wilson trade? Put the Denver Broncos in the hierarchy of the AFC. We'll have our, our, our Super Bowl chant weigh in on that. And no, not me, a guy that's actually bigger than me. That's coming up next on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. We'll know when the Russell Wilson trade is official, when Russ on Twitter changes his avatar and puts some Denver Broncos logos up up on there. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Candy also on E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on Twitter at ChrisCandy99, at AmberW790, and always tap in on the Candy calling line, 888-ESPN, that's 888-729-3776. So Amber and I, were going back and forth about what the best division in football is. She says it's the AFC West. I say it's the NFC West. Right now, we got to go out to the hotline and bring on ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody to see if he can break the tie for us. Big fella, I don't want you to be a prisoner of the moment, but I need you to answer this question honestly. Is the AFC West the best division in football? I'll probably have to say yes, it is. Ah!
3: Yes, I'm going to say the AFC West is the best is the best division in football right now. You know, when you look at you look at the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, perennially they're one of the best teams in the National Football League. The Las Vegas Raiders made the playoffs last year. Hell, the Los Angeles Charts had an opportunity if, if, if the Las Vegas Raiders had cooperated, they could have made the playoffs. And then, obviously, with the big blockbuster move today, with the trade with the Denver Broncos trading for Russell Wilson. I mean, that just changes the whole equation as far as the Denver Broncos are concerned. So if I had to look at this division in its totality, I want to give the edge to the AFC West right now.
2: You tell them, Damian. So let's talk about now where the Broncos rank in the AFC hierarchy. I mean, are you pushing them, you know, above the Chargers, above the Raiders in that division?
3: I'm going to say I'm going to say yes only because I just look. At, I'm, I'm excited about the pieces that they have. Before the Russell Wilson trade, you, you know, you asked most piece, most people about the Denver Broncos. I think most people would have said you really like the pieces that they have on both sides of the football. Obviously, the big one that was missing was the quarterback, the quarterback position. Now that they've addressed that via trade, and it doesn't seem like it's done. You know, major damage as far as veteran you know veteran players that that were sent over in this trade you would have to think the denver broncos in my opinion they're probably sitting second in that division and we're, we're, just, i listen i listen i get the fact that chemistry is going to play a part in this and all those type of things but i just think with the with the addition of russell wilson the, the weapons that they have on offense the guys that they guys that can rush the pass on the defensive side of the football they're
1: secondary I'm putting the Denver Broncos second in that division right now. Talking with ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody on ESPN Radio. And, big fella, where where exactly are the Broncos when you look at the conference? Because you got the Buffalo Bills, you got the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cincinnati Bengals ain't going there nowhere. The Tennessee Titans were the one seed this year in the playoff field. So where exactly do the Denver Broncos slot in with Russell Wilson when it comes to AFC supremacy?
3: Listen, I, that's a great question, Chris. And I'm not here to, I'm not going to disrespect the other teams in, in in the AFC, because, like you said, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills aren't going anywhere. Okay, I know they lost their offensive coordinator, and Brian Dable, who's now the head coach with the New York Football Giants, but I think I think Josh Allen is still an ascending player. He's already a superstar in my opinion. Um, you, Joe Burrow and Company, they're only going to get better in my opinion. Lamar Jackson, I think, you know, with all this news, we're still forgetting about teams. Like, Lamar Jackson, he's going to bounce back with the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I listen, I think the Denver Broncos probably going to be somewhere in the, in the top five, top five teams in the conference. But I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, they're, you know, like the number two team. I, I just think there's a lot of variables that still have to play out as far as chemistry and all those things. But I think I will say, the devil Broncos will be scrolling and mixing the AFC.
2: Damian Woody on with Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. So we talked about the landscape of the AFC. It is stacked. The NFC, not quite so complicated in terms of the picture of the way it's shaping out in the NFC. But Aaron Rodgers is staying over there. Maybe that's one reason why. Are the Packers automatically the favorites in the NFC? Or is that, is that the returning champs in the Rams?
3: Well, I'm, I'm going to give the returning champs the respect that they do until they're knocked off. So I'm going to go right now with the Los Angeles Rams as as the team to beat in the NFC. And the Cincinnati, I mean the Cincinnati, the, the San Francisco 49ers, they're not going anywhere. You know, we it still remains to be seen what's going to happen at the quarterback position. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo had his shoulder surgery, and we don't know if, if a trade is going to go down. But I believe the San Francisco 49ers are going to be squarely in the mix. So, listen, I know Green Bay got Aaron Rodgers back into the fold. But they still got work to do on their roster. Remember, they're still—I believe—they're still over the cap right now. Oh yeah, they got a lot of big—they got a lot of big-time decisions that they got to make, especially on the defensive side of the football, where there could be some some big hits on that side of the football.
1: Big fella, now that Aaron Rodgers is back in the fold in Green Bay, who has the most pressure on them to deliver a championship in that organization? Is it Matt Lafleur? Is it their general manager Brian Gutekunst? Or is it Aaron Rodgers?
3: Listen, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, to me, it's time. You don't, you, don't, you don't come back. You don't come back and sign that type of contract. It's Super Bowl a bust, in my opinion. There is no question about it. And I've said this about Aaron Rodgers, you know, coming back to Green Bay. It's, it was never about the money. This is about legacy. And, Chris, you know this. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But when you go into Ken, there's levels to this. There's levels to that legacy. Where is Aaron Rodgers' legacy going to be? If he's stuck on one Super Bowl, yeah, he'll be in Ken, but he's not going to be in the exclusive room with some of the other quarterbacks that we're, that that we talk about all the time. So, I think the pressure on Aaron Rodgers, man. We need. I need. I need the Lombardi Trophy back in Town in Green Bay. Period.
2: So Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Packers is about legacy. Damian, what the heck took so long? I mean, r- real talk. Like, what what have we been doing for the last six weeks?
3: <laughs> Your guess is good as mine. But listen, a- as a former player, I'm willing to give him, his, give him the grace. Like, if that's what you want to do, you've earned the right. He's earned the right to take as much time as he wants. But, hey, listen, it comes at a cost, right? Because his one decision has a trickle-down effect on the entire roster. And now you know, the Green Bay Packers are sitting back. You got Devonte Adams. I know he's, you know, he got franchise tag, or whatever. They got to work out a contract with him. What are they going to do with Preston and, and, and Darius Smith? They got to get that. They got to figure if he's going to be on the ro- if they're going to be on the roster. You know, Devontae Devontre Campbell. You know who who was a Pro Bowl player this year? The other linebackers. They got to re-sign him. Like Rasul Douglas, who had a fantastic year in the secondary. They got to figure his situation out. So, the more time that it took for Aaron Rodgers, the less time that the Green Bay Packers had to make some
1: of these decisions to put the best team around Aaron Rodgers. Big fella, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for breaking this thing down to a fine powder for us. We'll talk to you again soon.
3: Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: All right. That's ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody coming through and breaking down the Russell Wilson trade. I can't believe he sided with you, Amber, in terms of the toughest division in all of football. He knows what's I'm still, I'm still surprised by that one. But then also giving us what's going on, the latest in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, his return to the Packers. But coming up next, we got to go out to the left coast. The Brody, not necessarily feeling the love from the Lakers fans and vowing to push back on some of the stuff that they're saying. We'll have more for that. This is Amber Wilson and Chris Canny on ESPN Radio. ESPN, ESPN Radio. Radio. Chris Candy and Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio and E+. And Amber, the Golden State Warriors dropped yet another game last night, this time losing 131-124 to 124 to the Denver Nuggets. Now, no Steph Curry, no Klay Thompson, no Andrew Wiggins, no GP2, no Otto Porter Jr. Those are all coaches' decisions, and most of it's leaning toward rest. But nonetheless, you're talking about Golden State losing five straight games against teams that are in the Western Conference playoff field and then losing nine of their last 11 games. So how concerned are we about the Golden State Warriors? Because this is a team coming out of the All-Star break that a lot of people speculated could potentially catch the Phoenix Suns and the Suns having that six-and-a-half game lead over them in that two spot. Now you're talking about the Warriors being underneath the Memphis Grizzlies in that third spot in the Western Conference standings.
2: Yeah, the Suns are sitting pretty in these standings and you mentioned it, Memphis, and then the Jazz are nipping at the heels of the Warriors as well. Now, obviously, when we're talking about just last night's game with everybody out, that's not a huge concern, but the skid that they've been on is a legitimate concern, Chris, and it's been a skid since they've been missing Draymond, right? I mean, I feel like he's been the key piece here. They've been 13-13 and 13 since he got injured back in January. He's eyeing March 14th as a return. We're hearing James Wiseman has been cleared to play for the G League. So he's trying to ramp back up. So they're going to get these pieces back and then some. And so that certainly will help. But down this stretch, this is not an easy schedule for the Golden State Warriors. They've got the Bucks. They've got the Clippers uh, tonight. They've got the Nuggets, uh, the Seas, the Heat. I mean, there's a lot of teams that they're going to be facing here down the stretch of the season. And the standings matter. They have no room for error anymore as they continue to slide.
1: No doubt about it. And this is a team that prides itself on being at the top of the league when it comes to defensive efficiency, but that's not the case with no Draymond Green in the lineup. That's something that they've got to get cleaned up. But James Wiseman coming back and Draymond coming back can potentially flip their fortunes in terms of shoring up the interior of their defense, and then you know that that's going to lead to opportunities in transition for that Warriors offense. But I guess my biggest concern with them is – being able to make sure that you get your pieces back in time so you can build momentum once you get into the going into the postseason. As any team that's competed at a championship level knows, Amber, you got to have a little bit of momentum and guys have to understand exactly what their roles are going to be in order to compete and win a championship. So it's no different in basketball, even though you have all-time great players on your team, guys that have been there and done that, they've got to find a way to get these pieces back on the court together before the playoffs kick off. Amber Wilson and Chris Canny on ESPN Radio also on E Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Tap in on the Canny call-in line 888 ESPN that's 888-729-3776 and Amber, the Lakers catch yet another L last night against the San Antonio Spurs 117 to 110 and I guess it shouldn't be that much of a surprise because LeBron James wasn't in the lineup. He had some swelling in his knee. But Russell Westbrook didn't do anything to help the Lakers in terms of them being able to be competitive in that game. And now we're starting to hear a lot about how the fans are starting to get to Russell Westbrook. Let's take a listen to the all-star point guard, the former MVP, on addressing the moniker that fans have given him labeled Westbrook.
4: I can no longer allow people, um, you know, for example, Westbrook to me is now shaming like it's shaming my name it's uh, my legacy for my kids um it's a name that means more not just to me but to my wife to my mom my dad uh, the ones um that kind of paved the way for me and and that's just one example I man. That kind of hit myself and my wife in a, in a place where um it's not great man and and you know i think a lot of the, a lot of times you know i let it slide but it's now trying to put a stop to to that and put it on notice like there's a difference and I, we need to make sure that it's understood and every time I do hear it now, I will make sure that I address it and uh, make sure that I nip that in the butt.
1: Amber, uh, here's where I have trouble understanding where Westbrook is Westbrook is coming from. I, I didn't intentionally you mean do to that do that. On that purpose, Chris. But it just it just I didn't I didn't mean to take a shot. But here's what I don't understand.
2: He's about to You got to
1: control as a player you control what you can control and you can't necessarily control the fans giving you the moniker or the nickname Westbrick. Now, if somebody is yelling something, yelling something derogatory, if it's a profanity something of that nature, if it's a racial slur, then I can understand people getting involved, arena staff and removing that fan. But for a fan to come into the arena and call you Westbrick and then for you to say that you feel like you're obligated to push back on that I don't necessarily know that that's the best place to focus your energies, given where this team is at and given where your individual game is at. I I don't know that that's a battle that you can win if you're Russell. I'm having trouble saying, not saying West Brick. If you're Russell Westbrook, I don't know. That that's something that you can necessarily control.
2: It just rolls off the tongue. That's the problem. And maybe that's the problem with the Lakers fans as well. It's just too easy. It's sports to me, Chris. I'm not out here defending everything that people say in arenas or in stadiums because there's a whole lot of stuff that comes out of people's mouths that y'all should be ashamed of yourselves and you can't take sports that seriously from a fan perspective. But West Brick, like that to me is just fun sports fanfare Trash talking, totally within the bounds of sports, and frankly, even sportsmanship. So I'm surprised that that is what he's taking an issue with. I know that his wife has alluded to other problems, like death threats and stuff like. There's like zero excuse for any of that, or coming out after anything to do with Russell Westbrook's family. But to have these these names that are harmless, like these these names where we're just kind of poking fun, or we're making fun of his shot and whatnot, to play on his name, he's saying there that that's his last name. That's his legacy. Listen, your legacy is going to be fine. Your kids are not going to be ashamed of having a father who has played in the NBA and frankly had the career you have. It seems bad right now because – obviously everyone's piling on and frankly I think some of it's a bit unwarranted we're piling on him largely because of that contract that's why we're piling on I feel like AD's over here skating because Russ is out there he may not be shooting well and he'd be being called West Brick, but where is Anthony Davis I mean that man's not even out there and that was the dude who's supposed to help LeBron that's the guy who's supposed to be the number one on a night where LeBron's knee is swollen and needs some rest because he was super Human the night before so if I'm Russell Westbrook I understand some of the frustrations with the fans behavior but this to me the West Brick some of that poking of the fun in the arena understanding it's all part of sports should be part of the protocol for him he's been in this game for a long time I hate to say it's what you signed up for but it is Chris it's sports
1: well Amber on this show we have a saying it says a hit dog is gonna holler and Westbrook feels exactly where the fans are coming from because he hadn't played his best if you got him in an honest moment I'm sure he would tell you this is one of the worst pro seasons he's ever had and this is not the homecoming that he envisioned when he signed up to play for the LA Lakers after they made that trade this past summer so I'm with you I think Anthony Davis deserves more blame for the Lakers season coming off the rails than Russell Westbrook does But at the same time, Anthony Davis is injured, out of sight, out of mind. He's not going to get the brunt of the criticism because folks don't see him every single day. I mean, Charles Barkley calls the guy street clothes because he's in street clothes more than he's in a Lakers uniform. And so he's not going to feel the vitriol from the fan base. But you know who is? The guys that are out there on the court. And Russell Westbrook is front and center with all of that. Now, we do have sound of Russell Westbrook and speaking to the taunts that – have been going toward his family and the threats that have been going toward his family. Take a listen to his response.
4: The shaming of who I am as a person um, is, to me, is not warranted. Um, I haven't done anything to anybody. I haven't hurt anyone. I haven't done anything but play basketball a way that people may not like. Um, and this is just a game. This is just a game. This is not my entire life. Uh, um, and I think that is the, the ultimate thing that's been for me. And I don't like to harp on. I kind of just kind of one out the other. But once it starts to affect my, my family, my wife, um, even today, my mom says something about it today. And it affects them even going to games. Like my, I don't even want to bring my kids to the game because I don't want them to hear people calling their dad nicknames and out of their names for no reason because he's playing the game that he loves. And it's it's gotten so bad where, you know, my family don't even want to go to home games, to any game, because of, you know, uh, not just the media across the globe, use their platforms to constantly shame, shame, shame me. And
1: and here's the thing, Amber, we, there's no tolerance for threatening a player or threatening a player's family because they're not performing to the expectations that you may have had from them. But as far as the criticism goes and people yelling at you on the court and your family hearing some of those things, that's par for the course when it comes to being a professional athlete. I played in the NFL for over a decade. My parents went to all the games, including the NFC East games, games in the Philadelphia against the Philadelphia Eagles at the link, and those are some of the most rowdy fans that you have in professional sports, period. And so they've heard me being called everything but a child of God when I go out there and play against the Eagles. And that's just something that you accept as a professional athlete. So I I don't understand why Russ is taking this public. It only makes it seem like it's going to get worse now that fans know how much this actually affects him.
2: Yes, they're going to keep doing it, and that's the problem. You're almost encouraging it with your comments and this is kind of who russell westbrook is he always has this oh well it's it's more to me than just basketball kind of kind of attitude but fans aren't trying to hear it
1: not at all so we got to get back to the breaking news in the nfl with aaron Rodgers. more on him and his return to green bay next